And well, it's wonderful because we've got a special guest today. I'm just going to say, Bob, tell, <laughs> tell the viewers a little bit about your background, Bob, and how, how you ended up to come here with the UK column. Nice. Where do we begin? I stuck my head above the parapet um, in February of 2020 when um, we started to hear about this deadly strain of the flu coming, uh, coming across the waters to the UK. And um, yeah, and I've been voicing my opinion about that and many other topics ever since. Um, the reason I'm here today is, um, just coincidentally, I happened to be on holiday in Cornwall. Um, two days before I left, I got a phone call from UK Column News and um, here I am. So you've got, you've got some friends that you originally met in Egypt. That, yeah, that was 23 years ago and we've been, um, we've been the best of buddies ever since. Yeah. So now we're sort of tied to, to Cornishmen. Yeah, and, and professionally you worked as a driving <laughs> instructor or you still do? I still do, yeah. I've been a driving instructor 23 years ago. Um, yeah, I was just beginning my, my driving instruction career uh, when I met these guys, these Cornish fellas. Um, but yeah, 23 years as a driving instructor. Um, I have a couple of guys, uh, four people working under my banner, if you like. And um, yeah, things are going okay. But I'm reaching that point now where I'd like to Ease off a slow bit. down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And um, I've heard a few stories about um, driving lessons and driving instructors that the, the, the COVID lockdown <coughs> caused big problems and back backlogs with the exams and <laughs> yeah it so, did right it did I've had um, I've had my own personal battle um, with the mask mandates um, I've never been one for complying if you like I've always had my own mind um, the DVSA brought in rules about um, having to wear masks on test okay I can't really do a lot about that um, but then they also started to bring in mandates about wearing masks on lessons, um, which is something I flat refused to do. Um, so then that started to cause a little bit of a storm when you arrived at test centres and what have you. Um, I ended up having a run-in with one particular examiner who, who was trying to force his will on onto me, I suppose. Um, and unfortunately, that, that's been an ongoing thing for a while. Um, so so how, how is the industry now? Is it, I'll call it an industry, whatever, whatever the professional term is, but has it recovered from all of that no, hassle? No, during, the, during the, um, the lockdown period, we, we ended up um, going back. It was about 400,000 tests behind. Wow. It was a huge amount. Um, and even now, it still hasn't caught up. You now have, um, I think, well, I had a pupil contact me this week. She couldn't get a test until, that was July or August, something like that, um, just off, off from memory. So yeah, there's still a huge, huge backlog. I couldn't give you numbers on, on the amount waiting, but, but it's massive, it's absolutely yeah. huge. And I, I personally, looking into the, the deeper agenda with, uh, with 2030 and what have you, with uh, their plans to remove all private vehicle ownership by 2030. As the DVSA is a government organization, who knows, is this linked? Yeah, well, <clears throat> it's, it's one of those interesting coincidences, isn't it? It's a bit too good. There's been a lot of those over yeah. the years. Uh, absolutely. So you've been up to something. Tell us what you've been doing. What, yeah. what produced that initial contact? Right. Um, right. What it was is this, this whole thing stems from um, Stand in the Park. All right. Okay. Stand in the Park set up in Australia in 2020. And, um, and we set our own one up in Thetford in 20, early 21. And, um, Just for people who might be overseas, where's Thetford? Thetford is in Norfolk in, in England. Um, a small market town, um, a lot of history around there. Um, Thomas Paine, the, the guy that got the anti-slavery movement going, was born there. Um, so yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, quite important. It was an important town. Right. Rural sort of area. Yeah, yeah, rural, but growing, um, growing uh, consistently. Um, there was a big influx uh, from London in the late 60s, early 70s, like with the London overspill, yeah. which is how my family came to be there. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of industry there as well. Right. Yeah. yeah, great. Sorry, I've, I've interrupted you on no, that one. Right. So, so, what, so what have you been doing then? So yeah, so, so uh, us tin hatters, us conspiracy theorists, um, used to meet up by the river um, next to the Captain Mannering statue and, and exchange information. What did you find out this week? Well, what's been going on? Da, 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 da. Anyway, in the Eastern Daily Press, um, a local newspaper to Norfolk, um, there was a, an article came up that, that Thetford had been earmarked as a possible candidate for 15-minute zones, um, along with Rackheath and another town close by. And um, so this was quite a bombshell because nobody had, um, there was no consultations with the public. Um, nobody knew anything about it. The first we knew was this, this little article in the Eastern Daily Press. So off we went to our stand in the park and chat, chat, chat. That was the main conversation. Um, then one of, our, one of our group who wants to remain nameless, um, she said, why don't we put some leaflets out and let the people know the, the, the county council's intention or proposed intention. And, um, and then she said, why don't we say there's going to be a council meeting about it? Now, there was no council meeting about it. Um, the council meeting coming up was going to be around the, the allotments. Uh, they want to close the allotments and do whatever they want to do with it, which is another story. Um, but anyway, so uh, we, we all put a, a few quid in and um, got 5,000 leaflets printed up explaining what the 15 minute zones meant, um, connected it to what's going on in Oxford and the restrictions there. Um, and we put these 5,000 5, leaflets out through the town. Um, what happened after that was a bit of a shock because we was, we was in the, those of us that had been involved in handing the leaflets out and what have you, we was in the, in the pub over the road um, in the lead up to this council meeting. And we was, okay, right, well, we better get over there now. We couldn't get in the place. Um, around 200 people had turned up off the back of these leaflets. Right. And um, yeah, we couldn't get in. And, and what, so, what sort of people? I always, I'm always interested in this. Was it a particular age group? Or? It was, it was wide-ranging. Um, yeah, so all age groups. Um, I know it sounds, but it was super posh to really working class. Um, there was... A mix. The, the, yeah, the demographic was huge. Yeah. Um, some people had um, come in from out of town because they'd they'd heard about the leaflet being spread. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite something else. So anyway, as you can imagine in the council meeting, there was panic in the ranks. Yeah. Um, one of the councillors, oh, he won't mind me mentioning his name, Mark Taylor, great guy. Um, he's totally on board with, with everything that's going on. He is good friends with the owner of the Thomas Paine Hotel. And he contacted him and said, look, we've been overrun with people at this council meeting. Can we use your hotel to carry out this meeting? Well, right. uh, we all ended up trooping up the road to, um, to the Thomas Paine Hotel. Um, which, now, it's quite funny, actually. In the mainstream, it said that we marched on the council. We didn't march on the council. We strolled up to the Thomas Paine Hotel. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> this, this, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway... The mayor, Jane James, um, stood on a chair at the, the front and told us exactly how this meeting was going to be conducted, um, which raised a laugh amongst the 200 that had accumulated. Why? Because it was a controlling thing. Yeah, and, um, and the control was soon gone. Right. Um, so anyway, 
so we've all got in there and Mike Ball, uh, what basically Mike Ball became our spokesman, if you like, um, when we was arranging what we was going to do. Um, it was basically, well, who's going who's gonna to speak? We can't all speak. And he said, well, I'll do it. And, and that's how he became the front man for the, for the video that actually went out and went viral. Right. Um, basically telling Jane James that, that how dare she um, put her yes vote to such a, a scheme without prior consultation. And he does not need, and we do not need, yeah. somebody to, to make that decision for us. Right. So keeping it all really, really measured, was she shocked at the, at the response from, yeah. from the public in that room? Extremely. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, as time went on and, and the mood was, the, new, the mood never got out of control. I think that was, that was a real strong point. Um, the, the points were good, the points were valid. And, and everybody kept calm. And, and over time, you could see the dejection <laughs> going across, coming across her face. Right, because um, she, she, I'm putting words in your mouth, because she um, felt there was more to it than she anticipated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, was, that, that was a huge part of it actually, because yeah. there, there was a lot of people in that room that, that had already researched what was going on and, um, I honestly believe that she had no idea of the depth of the vote that she'd placed. Right. The what she was I, really dealing with. Yes. She'd gone along with it. She yeah. was she was for it. She yeah. thought she knew what it was all about. Yeah. That's then, it. It was yeah. It, it was quite funny actually. Mark Taylor um actually said in in the initial meeting that that they had followed the party whip. Jane James is a, oh, right. uh, uh, a Tory, and um, yeah, and, and it was just suggested that they'd follow the party whip. Right. I, just to interject here, I find this point really interesting because a couple of days ago, I was able to do an interview with a, an MP, mm -hmm. and he expressed to me frustration that other MPs would not engage mm -hmm. in a whole range of topics and when I said why is this his response was well basically it's control within the party which is what the whip system's yeah. about now what I'd just like to emphasize for the audience and particularly people overseas we're talking about a town council here yeah so this is is I'm not sure what the population is of it's about 30,000. Okay, so we've got a town council for 30,000 people, but even at that very localised level, mm -hmm. party politics are being run on the whip system. Yeah, yeah. Jane James is, um, is a county councillor as well. Yeah. So, right. but she just happens to be our yeah. mayor. But she was well. being honest, by, or, or it, it, the truth came out. Yeah, it was, the it, was, it was quite funny actually that... Um, that that she did state um, while she was speaking that that if there had been any restrictions or you know the, the restrictions that we were we were bringing up, then she would absolutely not be in favour of such restrictions. Right. So, but like you say, I, I think that was a, a bit right. of a shock to her. So, if we paint a little picture for people who haven't seen any of the video clips, mm -hmm. and we'll what what we'll do for this interview is we'll put a couple of clips in for yeah. people to see. Yeah. But um, if we paint a, a little picture, how did the how did the additional information come across in that meeting? What 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 was presented at the meeting, which you felt was um, good factual evidence as to what this re was really about? Right. Yeah. Um, well, the, I, I'll put in that you know just for you so that you, your viewers know where to go. Um, LSB Film Productions. Were the, were the guys there that actually filmed right. the meeting. So they can get that on YouTube and then can go and look at the, the series that's now building up. But the, I think the big thing was that the, the councillors had no knowledge at all, or so they say. Um, and there was one guy in particular, I don't know who he was, but he actually started to go through um, the the build up to how fifteen minute zones came about, 
and he started to talk about the Club of Rome yeah. and, and things like that. And um, I could have kissed him, actually. <laughs> okay, that would have put a that would have yeah. put a, a different spin on the event. Yeah, so, yeah. And um, and so so the the response from from the councillors, well, well, we've got some bedtime reading to go and do, right? Because they obviously don't know as much as we do. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was good. That was good in that respect. Right. Okay. So uh, how long were you in there? For, Simple um, question, do you reckon? An hour, hour? maximum. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then what's your view on what you achieved then in that hour? Right. Um, it led to something that, that has never, well, so we hear, has never happened before. Uh, Mark Taylor, the, the councillor, suggested um, we try and call a, an emergency count, uh, county council meeting. Right. And lo and behold, <laughs> up came the plans for an emergency county council meeting, which we held last week. Okay, so tell us about that then. Where, where was that? Is it council offices, did you manage Right, to? that ended up in, um, in the Carnegie Rooms in Thetford. Right. A bigger venue, um, 300 ticket event, they were all free tickets. Um, and it basically, the way we set it up was, it, the way we set it up, the county council arranged the venue yeah. and the way it was going to be formatted. And we ended up with four, for, four county councillors on one side of the stage, four of us on the other side, yeah. and um, an lectern in the audience so that people could, could come and throw their questions. Right. I've got to say that, that that to me seems a pretty accommodating response from the county council. I can imagine some county councils would have just put the stone wall up yeah. and, and try yeah. to palm you off and keep, keep you away. So yeah. I think we can give them some credit for actually agreeing to that. Absolutely, yeah. For, for, sorry, did you say four councillors? Yeah, the, yeah right. there, was two, there was the two local county councillors right. and then two that had come from yeah. higher up in Norfolk. I, I could imagine for those councillors to sit on the stage and face what they probably in their heads thought was quite a hostile audience. Mm. I, I think that takes some courage. Yeah. Um, I think we've got to recognise this because, you know, if we've got councils making bad decisions, it's no good painting all the councillors as bad. Yes, we've, got, yeah, we've, yeah. Got to, we've got to give we've got to give some praise where it's due. I think but yeah. that's just my opinion. You might have seen it differently. No, no, it's um, like you say. Yeah, it was great that we've um, they've allowed us the platform to to question publicly again. LSB Film Productions filmed the whole event. And amongst amongst other people that turned up, ITV turned up, um, Rebel News. Right. Um, it was a, a lady called Laura Nina. She does Facebook um, lives, and she came down and covered it as well. So yeah, there was a hell of a lot of publicity went with right. it. Okay. All right. So, <clears throat> what came out of that debate then? Do you, do you think the key points about what what the real agenda is did that come across? Right. To sort of lay the lay the way, if you like, um, second report that came out in the Eastern Daily Press after the initial council takeover, if you like, um, there was a, a, a councillor called Lana Hempsell. She then put uh, she was interviewed and stated in the Eastern Daily Press that. She had come up with the idea of 15-minute zones, 20-minute right. zones. Um, she, her, her thing was, because she's registered blind herself, and she thought it would be a great idea to instigate such a, a scheme to help other disabled people. Um, so to those of us that know where 20-minute zones and 15-minute zones come from, um, that was quite laughable. So, so Lana Hempsall was, was up there on the stage with us. Right. And um, we, allowed the, we allowed her to say her a bit. And um, so then the next question that was from myself was, you have now reiterated that the, t the 15 minute zone idea came from yourself. How proud are you that your idea has gone worldwide? Right. Um, 
from that point onwards, it was, it was sad and laughable at the same time, because from that point onwards, she just tried to convince us endlessly that yes, this idea was hers. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Um, there was a lot of people in that room that had a full understanding of geopolitics and corporate infiltration into government and the fact that the 15 minute zones have come from way higher than the government's pay grade. Yeah. And, um, and internationally. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, you know, and, and off the back of, I mean, I'll add that off the back of this, these videos that are going out now, we're being contacted worldwide. It's gone viral. Yeah. And it's empowering a lot of people yeah. to, to take on their governments themselves, uh, the councils themselves. Right, okay, just because I've got things flicking through my head. So just, you, you mentioned the, the media there. Let, mm -hmm. Just let's focus on that a bit. So what sort of reports did the media make after that event? Rebel news, straight up, straight down. Yeah. What happened is what got reported. Um, ITV, it really surprised me that they didn't um, poo-poo us as much as we thought they were going to. You didn't get branded as some form. No, no, that was, a real, that was a real surprise. Although what did make me laugh was that they um, de tried to debunk us with fact checkers. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so who did they use? Our old friend, Full Fact? Or, um, yeah, or, that's or, it, Reuters and, yeah. you know, yeah. um, the usual. Faux Fact, as the, we prefer to call them. That's yeah. it, the usual suspects, yeah. um, which is laughable, and, you know. Right, so so the product that they produced in trying to debunk it, it was, was yeah, that was, that was really was it. Right. That really was it. They they interviewed a, a couple of people in the town, and um, there was there were very soft answers. I would say they didn't actually interview anybody that had full knowledge of what was going what on. was going on. Um, but yeah, it was quite a tame report in the end. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And so. Uh, that's the media. What what was the ultimate response from the council then? So that they they set up this emergency meeting and there'd yeah. be good attendance at it. What yeah. what then happened in the council? So um, well, we had myself, Jeff Mealing, very knowledgeable guy. We had Brian from Peacekeepers there um, that would help us um, should we need almost like legal advice, if you like very, very knowledgeable on equity and, and what have you. And, and Mike Ball was there, uh, very eloquent. And um, what came from the county council's table never really gave us any answers. Because what we had was we had four people, at the, four people on the county council table basically saying to us, this isn't going to happen, it's just an idea. Uh, we've got no intention of restrictions, no intention of AMPR cameras, and so on, and so on, and so on. But in essence, that, that acknowledgement doesn't carry any, any weight whatsoever, mm. because they're just words. And although, yes, they're on film saying it, at, the end, at some point, these people are gonna move on, and the next lot are going to come in, yeah. and, um, and the agenda comes in a step at a time, doesn't it? It's a little yeah. piece. It's, cre it's a creeping agenda yeah. that comes in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely it does. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, you know, the, the analogy used again and again is the boiling the frog, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but what we're trying to do in Thetford is we're trying to nip this in the bud before it gathers any momentum. Yeah. And, and certainly wake people up to at least go and research and investigate for themselves. Yeah, and, and do, you, do, you think, do you think you've had success with that? Certainly, Right. absolutely, yeah. It's, um, you're, you're getting messages now from, certainly on a personal view, on, on a personal front, I'm now being contacted by people that two years ago, three years ago, thought I was nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say welcome, welcome to the club on that one. And my, my I, I think I've said this before, but my favourite 
or the or the main time where people will reapproach me is when I'm dog walking. Uh-huh, and, yeah. uh, the best one ever was was a man I was quite friendly with at one stage, but but uh, particularly when I was uh, doing my work to expose the political charity Common Purpose, he distanced himself. Um, but I hadn't seen him for a very long time, and suddenly he was there walking a dog as well, and and bit of polite opening conversation and, and then he suddenly said to me do you know there's stuff that you told me all those years ago that I now understand mm-hmm. and it was very nice because you know he was conceding something but uh-huh. yeah it happens yeah yeah, yeah it happens yeah it's, it's wonderful it's, it's yeah. really nice to um to well like they say what's the difference between how long the difference between a conspiracy theory and conspiracy fact about six months. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, it's, and it's so true. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to add to that that there, there are politicians who, who, are, are, who are acknowledging that now. They're yeah. saying that, that isn't it interesting stuff that we saw being talked about as if it was conspiracy theories mm-hmm. now proving to be fact. Yeah. And I am seeing these sorts of reports from people in political circles usually coming out on Twitter so mm-hmm. you don't you don't see it in any form of press announcement, but you can see it on on yeah. Twitter pages, which is interesting. Yeah. So um, response from local people, the council's been uh, quietly defensive. I, I think they're hoping it's going to go into the long grass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the night, the meeting didn't go exactly how we planned. We had a hell of a lot of, um, let's call it ammunition. The, the guys, peacekeepers, and um, Mike Ball's contacts that have just come about in the last month have done a hell of a lot of research. Right. And, um, and we had a hell of a lot of ammunition um, to throw at the councillors, should they not at least acknowledge right. that you were talking sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, so in that respect, we, are, we still have this ammunition in our in our back pocket. Yeah. Our powder's still dry, okay. so to speak. Yeah. So that's that's left in the background for now, and I'm not going to talk about that because it is ammunition. Okay. So what what are you hoping? What are you hoping that the council's going to do now? Ideally. What we would like them to do, um, as Mike Ball said um, when he spoke to him, he wants he wants it now put in writing, and rubber stamped, and wet signatured. Yeah. And he wants that sent to a, the he wants it sent to every resident of Thetford. Um, but the thing the best we'll get is that this this letter acknowledging that there will no, be no restrictions ever in the future will go to the at least yeah. the town council. Yeah, this makes sense to me because, of course, as you said, words are cheap. But if, if you get something written down, yeah. that they, they may attempt to go 180 degrees or go in a different direction from what they've written in a letter. But it's a lot more difficult mm. if it's on paper than if it's just been said Absolutely. verbally at a meeting. Yeah, and that was something that uh, Tom McCabe, I believe his name, was quite high up in the council. He was, yeah. he was there. And, um, and he said, I can absolutely promise you that this won't happen. It will never happen. Um, but almost like, but who knows? Yeah. And that, yeah. That, you can imagine the audience yeah. then. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, we come back to this fact that if, if, um, if the policy was at least enforced by the WIP system, then something is still sitting in the background, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tory central office knows full well that there is an agenda to unleash this stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, do, we do know that regardless of what the council says or what they send to us, this will continue to be rolled out yeah. by the powers above. Yeah. Um, the, I think the whole idea behind us doing what we're doing is to at least get people to realize that they are more powerful than they believe they are. This, this whole thing is so ludicrous that eventually it will fail. But I think people need to wake up en masse and at least say, just say no. Yeah. If, if people realize the strength they have in that one word, 
just say no and stand and say, I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do. Yeah. That's the whole idea behind this. Yeah. Yeah. We know they're going to continue and try and roll it out, but it just needs, yeah. needs a wake-up call. It, it's, it's, it's all about psychology, this, isn't it? Because a lot of people find it very difficult to certainly stand up in public and ask a question. So mm. when there's an opportunity to challenge even a parish councillor, I was a parish councillor for a while, and I can see people, I remember seeing people coming into meetings and they, they had something on their mind, it was really important, but that bit of standing up in front of a few un, other mm. people and putting the question across, they could find it difficult. So to say something in public, to challenge is tricky and then mm. people people are very what's the word subservient mm. they think that if somebody's got a title and the moment it gets to mp that this person's got to be treated as if they're some sort of mm. godlike person when the reverse is true isn't it the mp should be serving <laughs> the people yeah that was so, some that was something that was pointed out at the initial meeting right that remember you are public servants yeah, and yeah, they didn't like yeah. that too much. I no, no, that. no, <laughs> not yeah. at all. And yeah. it, it's quite. I want to touch on something yeah. you said just a second ago, yeah. is about standing up publicly and speaking. I, it's really important for people to realise that people like myself and Jeff and Mike are only. Mike's done a lot of work. I'm not. Mike hasn't worked for a month, right? Because he's. Doing so this. deep into this, yeah. Um, but it's important to remember that that us three and others are merely the voice to get the information out. What's actually happened is it's the it's the people in the background, like the lady who came up with the idea of the leaflets. If she hadn't come up with that idea, yeah, and arranged the leaflets and arranged where we were going to put them and when and yeah. coordinate it all, none of this would have happened. Yeah. So it's really important to remember that even if you're right in the background and all you're doing is the odd Facebook post or the odd this or the odd that, it doesn't matter. As long as you're yeah. there doing something, it will gather momentum. Yeah, this, this is a really good point. I mean, we UK Column has been saying for a while that what, what's needed is a lot of people doing a little instead mm. of a lot of people you know working flat out to yeah. do it yeah. and simple <clears throat> simple things uh, can can make a difference often mm. when you don't know i'm telling you a few little stories here but I, th I think i think i'm allowed to in in the in the early days i when i was following this organization common purpose i was interested that it was working in plymouth city council and i wrote quite a few letters into the council asking them questions about what they were doing and why, why Common Purpose was there and how much they were spending on it. Now, some of them I did under the Freedom of Information Act, but I did other letters and I never got any responses. Mm. And many years later, I was talking to a friend of mine who had been a councillor in Plymouth City Council at one point, and I, and I said to him, God, all those hours I wasted on those letters. And he looked at me and he went quite quiet and he said, what do you mean wasted? And I said, well, I spent hours writing some of those letters and I sent them in and I never got a single response. Uh -huh. And he looked at me and he said, he said, Brian, let me tell you that I was there at the time and every time one of your letters came into the council, they wet themselves. Mm -hmm. That's what he said. And, and I've never forgotten that because it, it, it explains the fact you do something simple, you don't see any immediate result, mm. but actually taking that effort mm. or take, making that action makes something happen in the mm. future that can be a lot bigger than you expected. Yeah. So just anecdotal that, story there. Yeah, that leads me beautifully on to um, my own story. Um, when they announced they were going to start jabbing kids, um, the protest numbers in London swelled rapidly, didn't they? Yes. Um, you know, you're talking two, three million, however many it was. And um, it was coming along the embankment and there was this little old lady walking alongside me and she was struggling, really struggling. 
And I, I said to her, do, do you need a hand? And she said, nope, nope, I'm, I'm okay, I'll carry on. And she started to tell me about how she'd taken one shot, felt bad. The doctor said, take another one, you'll feel better. She took another one, felt worse. And um, anyway, we was chatting. And just as we was chatting, we came round and we was facing Westminster and um, facing the parliament buildings. And she said to me, she said, the stand in the park group that I now go to, she said, I know civil servants now that work in there. Right. She said, you must promise me that you will carry on doing this. She said, because they are pooping themselves. I'm yeah. trying to watch my language. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's UK culture. Yeah. yeah, and she yeah. said, you must promise me that you'll carry on with this. She said, because there's people in that building yeah. that are bricking it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because the bricking it is, is not the results of th threats and intimidation. It's simply starting to understand that people mm. are looking at them and, and they're asking yeah. questions. It's, it's they do a job which they do out of sight of the public mm -hmm. and they can do what they like because nobody can see. When they understand the public's actually watching them, that's very scary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's people power, yeah. power in numbers. Yeah, which leads me on yeah. to what happened in between the first council meeting and the second council okay. meeting. Okay, yeah. Us tin hatters thought, right, how can, we, how can we really take this on head on? The local elections are coming up. So we had a couple of meetings where um, we discussed running for council, take, trying to take over the council yeah, seats yeah, yeah. so that we could um, bring in a, a system of bottom-up decision-making yeah, instead yeah. of top-down. Yeah, yeah. So we, we discussed joining the Heritage Party, Freedom Alliance. So, um, so freedom would be the other yeah, one. Reform, they, yeah. you know, they all went yeah. through. And um, on a personal, personal base, um, I... I couldn't bring myself to join any kind of political party because you're still working from the top down. There's still orders and a badge attached to you. So I, at one of these meetings, I, I spat my dummy out and, um, and insisted that the only thing I would ever do was go independent yeah. and, and stand for what you truly believe in. And uh, anyway, I, I left about five minutes later and then I, I messaged uh, Mark Taylor the next morning and, and reiterated why and it goes back to when I was a kid and, and what have you but but that's yeah. why and um, and he said yeah he said after you left we all agreed that independence the way right so now what we've done through the hard work of Mark Taylor and, and Mike Bull and um, and what have you is um, we now have 14 town councillors um, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll say that again. It, so what we now have is we put our applications in. Off the back of the applications being accepted, we now have 14 town councillors and 10 district councillors from our Stand in the Park group Wow, that are running that, as that, independents. Right. That's, it's that's, huge. That's really exceptional. And all yeah. that's happened in what sort of time frame? Within a month. Wow. Yeah, and we had to work very, very quickly because the elections are the 4th of May. May, yeah. And we had a deadline of the 4th of April to get all the paperwork in, right. um, get people to nominate us, and um, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Bob, has, has, that, has that happened as a result of a few people driving it, or is it just as it happened as a sort of... Um, no, it's. Um, I, I, I did a, a very small speech on the night of the, the second council meeting. And, and basically, it was around the fact that none of us had ever envisaged that we would ever need to do this. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like none of it. We've all been pushed into a corner to the point where we've had to say, right, let's take yeah. this head on. Yeah. Um, the, the discussions that went on. Yes, there's, there's a handful of us that have said straight up, right, come on, let's, let's go for this. Yeah. Um, there are other people 
that have said they're really nervous about doing it, yeah. but yeah. they'll do it. They're going to do it because of what, what goes what on in there. It's, yeah. in the, it's in the gut, it's in the stomach that you, you need to at some point stand up and, and cross that line in the sand. And that's what, it, that's what it's based around. Yeah, no, this is, this is brilliant because this will also be concentrating the attention of the council. Yeah. Uh, because a direct challenge through the yeah. um, democratic system with all its faults, when a challenge comes in through the system that they're used to working under, yes. this is another big, yeah. you know, big thing. Yeah, I mean, an so, another, another big thing that we've, we've said that we will do yeah. um, is because we're doing this, because it's just the right thing to do, we have said that um, uh, town councillors don't get paid, no. district councillors get their fees and their expenses and, yeah. and yeah. so on and so on. And what we've said from the outset is, is that we will not take that money. Any money that is awarded to us will go into a fund yeah. for the town so that if anybody, anybody's on their uppers, you know, like recently yeah. there was a couple of house fires, um, stuff like that, you know, that fund will be there to help those people in the town that yeah. need help. This is great, isn't it? Because what, what's actually starting to happen is that the communities is starting to look after itself, yeah, yeah. which is the way it should be. You could almost argue that the rise of the politicised, the party political town councils mm. and, and district councils and county councils, it's the politicisation of those councils, which means that they no longer act for the communities that they're supposed to serve. Absolutely. So, I, I've talked about this several times recently, and I, I, I think it's a critical thing. My, my belief is that political parties should be banned. Yes. But I've done some interviews with people who have formed uh, par po political parties to challenge what's happening. And I'm happy to say to them, I admire what you're doing. I hope you get people elected because you're doing it for the right reason. But then I've said, uh, at least to a couple of them, I hope that if you ever get into Parliament, one of the things you'll do is ban political parties, <laughs> right? And that's, that's produced a bit of laughter. But of course, um, I spoke to Jonathan Tilt a couple of days ago, and mm -hmm. he's with Vote Freedom. And what they're saying is that people should stand as independents, but to give them some supporting background, we, 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 we come together in order to help anybody that wants to stand. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, they've got eight points which they think any reasonable person must be able to say, well, yeah, we broadly agree with that. So on one hand, you could say they're independent, but I think that's a little bit unkind. All they're trying to do is say, if people are coming on board as independents, that at least you know that they've got a package of things they agree in, which I thought was an interesting compromise. Yeah. But don't for, for anybody listening to me talk now don't don't get me wrong if you're trying to challenge the existing party political system i'm all for that but i think this is interesting isn't it the power of the independent yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah it is yeah. right so i'm clock watching a little bit mm -hmm. you wrote some points down for yourself do you think have you covered everything you'd like um, to let's have a look like um, to cover because well, we uh, something else that's going on just down the road from me, Barry St. Edmunds. Um, Barry St. Edmunds is very sleepy and they're not really in tune with what might happen next. Yeah. Um, so one of the guys in Barry St. Edmunds is now trying to arrange um, contact with groups in Ipswich, Colchester, Cambridge, and so on and so on to get rallies going now yeah. um, and outreach, leaflets, speeches, no, good, yeah. and what have you to, to really try and wake people up. Um, in a, in a grander scale in, in Suffolk. Right. Um, which I, I live right on the border, so that's why I've got a foot in both camps. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is, is my optimism, is that I can never ever see this, this whole thing coming to fruition. We know they want to bring in digital IDs. We know they want to bring in 
central bank digital currency as a control mechanism yeah. and what have you. But, but now the numbers are building so much that, that in my optimistic world that I live in, as long as we get the numbers, this can never happen. Well, that, that's it's ludicrous. That's got to be truth, hasn't it? That yeah. if there are enough people saying no, it can't possibly it's finished. happen. Yeah. The other, the other bit I see at the moment, which does make me optimistic, is that uh, we are seeing people in, I've got to say, the professional classes who are now waking up. They're not, many of them are not brave enough to speak out, mm -hmm. but they will certainly speak to you off the record and they've got concerns. It might be to do with vaccinations or it, it might be to do with... It could, be, it could be even the fact that we're losing pubs all over the place and they mm -hmm. see that this is, um, this is the result of all these disastrous policies. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the word's spreading and the fact we're now starting to see, and it is amazing, 15-minute city seems to have ignited something. It does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, the knock-on effect has been huge. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of videos now going on to pla platforms like YouTube yeah. where people are now fronting up to their councils and saying, right, what's going on? And we're not going to take this. Yeah. So it has sent ripples. It sent ripples around the world. Yeah. And, and the other bit that I like, I mean, we've been speaking to Sandy Adams, who's been doing mm -hmm. all the work up in Glastonbury. So all these things are popping up. But the fact it's calm, uh, people are doing it on an evidence base about mm -hmm. what the real policies is. So it's calm and it's measured and it's being taken directly into the democratic system mm. via the councils. This, this to me is perfect mm. and, I, and I think it's, it's going to produce a really strong effect amongst a lot of councillors. They're not bad people, but if, they, if they're getting a little bit of, of dosh, they're being paid their allowances mm. and things, they can get a bit comfortable yeah. and they actually, they're happy turning up to meetings and doing the easy thing but now they're going to be challenged and I, mm. I think that is going to make a lot of them think. Mm. And of course, the ones who decide that they're on the wrong, mm. on board the wrong ship are going to jump ship, mm. aren't they? I, I, think some, I think that what they need to be reminded of is that, is that they're okay for now. Like yeah. you say, they're taking yeah, yeah. their wage and they're, and they're okay yeah. for now, but this will affect their kids, yeah, their grandchildren, and, and that they're, their seat at the table and their, their ride on the gravy train will come to an end. Yeah. Historically, you know, the powers that be have used, used the, the lower downs to, to get, get their agenda across. But as soon as that agenda is in place, yeah. they're disposed of. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and that's, that's history. That's the same for the politicians as well. Yeah. It, uh, it makes me smile when I see, you see the arrogant politicians who seem to believe that they're in the big boys club. But mm. of course, the big boys club are the people who are ultimately controlling trillions of dollars. Mm. Those are the big boys, and the, M the average MP is not in the bankers mm -hmm. club. So uh, yeah, I, I smile when I see this. Yeah. Well, so it's a big club and you're not in it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, so, so Bob, so, some finishing words. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say you've got the whole of the UK column audience. Oh, we no. know that that audience will be principally UK based, but we've also got a lot of people watching from wherever, whether it's Australia or New Zealand mm -hmm. or the States or Germany. Um, what's your message? What would you like people to do? What would you like okay. people to do to make a difference? What would you like people to do to help what you've started? It would be to it would be a simple message to realize that you are more powerful than you believe you are and that although you're an individual at some point even even poking your nose just just that, that much above the parapet will make a difference you don't have to be somebody that stands on a stage and voices and shares the information you can be the person in the background that provides something it doesn't matter how big that something is but you're just as powerful as the person stood on the front of that stage because every every little bit of resistance will help every little bit of dissent will help and if you just start saying no i'm not doing this that's enough yeah that's utterly brilliant excellent 
I think Brilliant. we'll leave it there. I'm going to shake your hand because it's been really great. It's been a pleasure. To, to meet you. <laughs> We've had a bit of a laugh about the, the studio and things. I'm going to say on camera, I shared a secret with this gentleman yeah. um, a few minutes before <laughs> we started. Uh, I promise I won't say anything. You promised. I promise. I'm going to hold you to that. Uh, <laughs> and the reason I'm smiling is we were talking about positive things for the UK column. So maybe, maybe we're now entering spring 2023 and something is beginning mm. to change. A turning point. A turning point. I've had a picture in my mind that yeah. this will all be over and done with by 2025. Okay, well, I'll hold you to I'm that because so. that, that would be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, great. Thank, thanks, for, thanks for coming in. Uh, thanks for everything you're doing. And, uh, well, we hope to see you again and you can give us another update on yeah. Thetford. And well, I'll we'll be back in July. Well, there you are then. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Thanks so for your we'll, time. Thank you. We'll leave it there for our audience. I hope you enjoyed that. And isn't it brilliant? to know that people are out there doing stuff and we can see it making a difference. So we'll leave you to reflect on that on this lovely day. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you. It was born from Thetford Stand in the Park, where normal town folk have come together to unite as Thomas Paine independent candidates. Now let's meet them. We are not politicians. We are ordinary people like you who have had enough and want to bring some common sense to our council. We do not represent any political party. We only represent you, the people of Thetford. We will give our councillors allowance back to the people of Thetford, held in a secure fund for those in need. We categorically oppose the war on motorists and 20-minute cities. We promise the people of Thetford a vote so you have your say on any proposed plans. Vote for your independent Thetford candidate.